Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for the podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your foamy and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Paul Farnham is on the show today, and I'm really excited about it because Paul's a surfer that uh, is just kind of the same style and close to my own ways of going about things. And most of all, I think Dawn Patrol is something that you, uh, the, the session you love to surf the most. Is that is that not true or what? Because that's how I've uh, seen it first. Huh? Oh, yeah. Dawn Patrol for me is, is it. Where it's at? It's, yeah. And it works for me. Well, besides the beauty and everything, but that's where I've run into you, uh, is when you're doing your sessions in the morning. Right. And uh, you're a smiley guy. And, uh, <laughs> you kind of tend to go over where I hang out and surf a lot. And uh, we work well together. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's really great is that I actually use you a lot in my sessions because since we surf the same time, we're both very consistent about like that morning session, especially the, the first morning session, the Dawn Patrol. Um, I'm starting to get to know your style and the way you're going to do things and the way you approach a peak and you know when you have right of way and just all those things are great for me and my student to be like okay look this guy's probably going to do this just do this you shouldn't do that you should stay over here we should start paddling now to get out of the way don't just sit and watch him all these different kinds of things and it's just I, you know I've noticed that now that you bring that up yeah uh, with yeah teaching people the proper uh, etiquette and at times I mean I've even said to you all right it's it's you're you're up to your client, and um, I can remember that. And it's his turn. He, he was all set up to go, and then hooting him along or or her at the time. Yeah. And to me, that's that's cool. I love that. Well, yeah. I mean, just because I think that's a huge part of surfing is being confident to go out and interact with other surfers and knowing what's right, what's taking turns, what's not necessarily a black and white rule. So which, when you should shy on the side of caution, you know, and like all these gray areas in surfing, it's really nice when you just know what's conservative and what's aggressive, you know, mm -hmm. and then you can be like, okay, well, maybe it's, his, maybe it's my turn, but I'm not sure, so I'm going to back down. And just having the play of the crowd and like using you really helps people to, to learn that in a friendly environment, you know, and like, I think I'm sure we've messed up in front of you before and they didn't quite respond or react and paddle out of the way. And, of course, we've gotten in the way, but um, but yeah. Anyway, thank you for that. Yep. I guess I'm trying I mean, to but say. But for me, it doesn't. I mean, there's so many waves out there, and if you're mm. all kind of having fun, it. Um. Well, so tell me about a little how you how long have you been surfing? Um, I basically started uh, when I was like 16 or 17. All right, a while. And how old are you now? 61. All right. Mm. Yeah, one of the legends. So, can you tell me about like starting to surf and learning to surf, especially started, in such a different? I first started like I was up in Massapequa, Massapequa Park, mm -hmm. and uh, I, a friend of mine uh, who I met, uh, Rob Kay, and his brothers. His brothers were lifeguards at uh, Tobey and Gilgo. Sure. And uh, yeah, 
So he got me into surfing. And I really didn't really, I, got, I was more of a kneeboarder back then. Didn't even get into stand-up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I rode a, I think it was like a 5'8 Halsey twin fin. And uh, those guys got me into it. And that... uh, I used to hitchhike actually from Massapequa down 27 and then over the causeway over and then <laughs> to Gilgal with my board just to get to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one day I was hitchhiking and uh, this guy picked me up, Chris Schumann is his name, and uh, he told me about this place, Montauk, and uh, he was heading out there and he was had a job on a fishing boat and that was it. Uh, I was, uh, that was my goal from then. And that's what I, I did. I ended up uh, hitchhiking out to Montauk. I was just going to ask, as a joke, did you hitchhike out to Montauk? <laughs> hitchhiked to Montauk. <laughs> all right. And, and you actually got it. all the way out in one ride? or how Oh, many I ride? don't remember how many rides it was. That's funny. But, uh, so you I just was, kept getting further I was, Yeah, further. I was going to go to Hatteras, and I had a ride. Yeah. And it didn't work out. Uh -huh. So at that time, I guess I was 18, 19, yeah. And I made it out here. Uh, for that first winter, 77, 78. Whoa, yeah. winter surfing out here? No, no, oh. at that point, I didn't even, I got involved in um, the fishing world mm -hmm. and surfing just left me. Oh, really? Yeah. For how long? Until 1990. What? Yeah. Wait a minute, how big of a break is that now? Let's say 78. Wow, oh my God, like, so 12 years of absolutely no surfing. No surfing. Not I got into the fishing world. Um, then I got married and, uh, you know, kids and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. that things get in the way for sure. Yeah. What brought you back then? Um, actually, divorce. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I met uh, this guy, uh, Brian Cubal, who's not with us anymore. Hmm. Recently passed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we got a place to, to, to live together, and he was a longboarder and also a mountain bike guy. Really healthy dude, and he got me back into surfing. All right. Yeah. All right. So we started uh, going down to Ditch Plains, and then from there on in, uh, I met my present wife and her sons, uh, three boys, and they were surfers, and they're East Hampton. So they were Georgica kids. Oh, all right. Yeah. So I was in Montauk, and then I started, they were winter surfers also, and then I just progressed. So my first board that I bought was a Tony C. Oh, I know. nice. Legend. We got him on the podcast back <laughs> in the archives. Did you, now when you took your break, were you still kneeboarding up until that point? When you started standing, was that after the break or before the break? Oh, it was after the break. Well, that's really interesting yeah, because when you right came back, from, how old are you now? Oh, I was 30-something. Oh, yeah. all right. So it's not like you're old, but your body definitely changes from when you're like a young teenager to you know yeah. being in your 30s, especially yeah. if you're not staying flexible. And, I mean, at that point in my life, it was a big... I also did a triathlon. You know? Oh, all right. So I trained. I was in really good shape. Oh, so you were super fit and, yeah. and ready to come back. Yeah, I did the Montauk triathlon. Yeah. yeah, and what? so what was that like, learning how to do a stand-up in your 30s after it, you knew fully it, how to surf? It came very... Uh, you know, going back in a little bit, I, I did surf, uh, yeah, prior to that, I did kneeboard at a trailer park. And George, <laughs> I remember, now you bring it up, 
with uh, George Miller. No way. Yeah. So I kneeboarded for for a little bit in huh. that prior to standing up. Let's yeah, say. yeah, yeah. And some what happened that made you want to stand? I don't know what it was. Yeah, I just because you know you get it's so easy to jump up. I just thought I jumped up to the kneeboard instead of kneeboarding. You just make the extra wiggle. Uh-huh. And then I went for uh, let me get a board. Yeah, because I used one of Brian's uh, boards too, because he had a long board. Yeah, that's funny, but it really lends itself to a theory that I have in my teaching is that standing up is really not the most important aspect of learning how to surf. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I just take it a step further and say it's the easiest goddamn part of the whole thing. You know, like learning how to read the waves and and ride the wave and all that stuff. Like now that we've been doing it a bunch, I you know I guess we kind of glaze over it and overestimate it, and that's. Well, don't get me started on why surf instructors overglaze on all the, you know, important stuff. Mm. But, you know, we just kind of take for granted how we've gotten used to riding waves, which is actually a really challenging new thing to learn for someone who hasn't done it, especially if they didn't grow up boogie boarding or kneeboarding or whatever, learning Mm. how to ride waves. Mm. So anyway, I just like to hear that the stand up came naturally to you because if you know how to ride waves, you know how to set a line and hold it, you know, and, and make that. Like basically get in the pocket and set a line, you know what I mean, and, and create that drive and balance you you get, and then the well, stand up's I mean, pretty for easy. I mean, you're really it's so much easier to get in the pocket. Sure, yeah, especially because the board's so small, right? Small, and you can you can get in tight. Mm. I find myself even now I'll knee board, especially on the late takeoff. I've actually seen this. Yes, oh, this explains so much. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with kneeboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder you did you know, it so well. You know how, uh, I mean, a lot of times you've you got to have a late takeoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just naturally just go to my knees and, and just, and I'll, I'll laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Oh, it's going to be one of these, these rides. <laughs> and it just comes back. That's great. <laughs> I, I actually, oh man, it would, be a, it would be a chore to find it. But somewhere on video... I have you doing it. Did I send it to you? Was it that wave or was it a different wave? Because I did send you one of your waves before that I just kind of accidentally caught on camera. Mm -hmm. But I definitely for sure have a late takeoff of you. Like this thing is like a peak coming in and you are under it. That thing's pitching and you turn to go. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And you just do your kneeboard takeoff and then do a nice slow stand up and bring yourself up to the midline. I do that a lot. Oh, and it was nice. And you just, and you tore it to pieces just down the line so speedy and, and fast, but I liked it especially because it just created such a smooth line on the takeoff. Right. You know, like rather than having this nervous, hesitant, bumbly stand up. Drop it. Yeah. You, that you, you don't know you're going to make or not. Right, yeah. right. And that's part of why you kind of are bobbling it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like when you just stayed in a confident position, you drew out such a clean line and got out of that critical section so fast. Right. You know, rather than getting hung up or bogging a rail or, or borderline nose diving or whatever you know or hurting yourself right sure yeah i've done that i do that actually quite often now that you mention it that knee takeoff and you wouldn't think you'd be able to make that transition and because once you drop in on your knees you kind of lose a little speed but there's one point where you can just boop mm-hmm. you come right up to your feet and then Find you have the exactly. whole rest of the wave right to be on your feet and, and yeah, do yeah. what you normally do uh but so, the other thing is that the losing the speed thing is not really that big of a problem because you're only using it when you're doing a late critical takeoff. Mm-hmm. So speed and gaining speed is not the problem at all. Right. So you can afford to kind of burn off a little speed. Yeah. 
But, yeah, you're right. You yeah. know, but I always teach a slow stand-up too because of just like a controlled, more attention to your line approach rather than just the end-all goal of standing up, be standing up. It doesn't matter if you're going straight or down the line or pulling out, just stand up, which, you know, I totally disagree with, obviously. But uh, yeah, just love that. That's a that's a good uh, insight. I had no idea it comes from a knee border background. Background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will be back to someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just this fine. Is the evolution of things. Yeah, it's yeah. Whatever it go. takes to keep riding waves. If I have to ride a mat, I will ride a mat. You know. Exactly. Actually, Peter Spacek's the one that was telling me about riding mats for a while when he hurt his lower back, hmm. and he said like it was kind of nice because a mat being a boogie board, like, like the inf no, not even the inflatable, oh, like literally okay. the inflatable mats. Wow. And he was like, you know, you can just blow it up just right, <laughs> and it like cushions your 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 body as you kind of bounce along. And mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, I'll give it a try. I'm not yeah. against it. Yeah, yeah. I've had some of the best waves doing those drops. I bet on the knee takeoffs again because yeah. because of the situation you're in when you have to use it. Yes. You know. Yeah. So it's gonna be probably a pretty good wave. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so like one of these questions that I always ask now because I've been surprised by the answer. Um, it's not just always the typical thing, but some of your fears in surfing, if you don't mind me asking, like, you know, what what in surfing gives you like that that deep in your stomach, like oh emptiness, you know, or just awareness that there's butterflies fluttering around in there. I mean, sometimes I'll psych myself out, with, you know, the size of the waves, mm. and then once you get in the water, it all kind of goes out yeah I like the way you worded it like psych yourself out like it's a mental thing more than anything definitely yeah do you have any like good mental tricks that you use for first like calming yourself down or like a, a breathing technique I try to breathe and I try to bring my like you know how you can get lost in your head mm -hmm. and uh, with fear and I just try sometimes I'll just even slap my face and you know I like to go through my routine you know, prior to getting in the water, and mm -hmm. that definitely focuses you and brings your whole body into, you know, what's coming next, you know, to waxing the board, to the certain stretches I do, and mm -hmm. that's uh, pretty much it. Yeah. yeah, routine's, I guess, a good thing to have, like, to kind of just slow you down and, and start bringing a tempo, you know, rather it's, than... Yeah, it preps your whole body to what's going to come next, because, you know, when the surf's pretty big, you go from almost like a resting position when I do like to run around and get warmed up a little um, and then you're full-on like paddling you know and it's hard for the body to do that mm. especially in cold yeah especially so, in the cold yeah but wetsuits have gotten a lot better even just since the 90s huh? oh yeah are they what are you wearing right now I use uh, XL products yeah I the, used XL a bunch yeah I really like their dry lock mm-hmm and, uh, it's right, a good one. Right now, I just wore what was the four three with a hood, dry lock. That's what I'm in now too. And, uh, yeah, four three with a hood. Boots and uh, three mil gloves. Yep. I wear boots year round. I like to protect my feet, mm -hmm. uh, especially the environment out here is always rocky. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't like to get cut up. Sure, yeah, especially if you have to stand on your feet and like feel your pores, you know, it's like <laughs> horrible.
so one thing I really liked is I didn't realize I've only come to the fish house. So what we didn't tell everybody that's listening is like we're sitting and recording in the fish house. This is your fish house, I guess. Yeah. You know, as you know, you can hear someone loading up in the back. Yeah, this is uh, the Montauk fish dock. And uh, I've been here since 1986. I first oh, wow. started working here. Yeah. Then I bought the business uh, in 88. Yeah. Um, I don't own the, the place. I've leased it for all these years. So Chip Durier uh, was the owner and Perry Durier. Uh-huh. Great, great people. Right. And then some new owners uh, came along and bought it a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I've had, yeah, had a couple of fires here. The, the building we're in now is a brand new building. Yeah, I was going to say, because it looks great, and it's one, I see your boards over there, one hell of a board shed. <laughs> <laughs> Got more upstairs. Oh, nice. I and, need... and prior to that, the fire, I used to have boards up in the attic, also in the rafters. Oh, no, so yeah. the fire got some of the boards, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. Yeah, it hurt, kind of hurt, but the fun thing was I was able to get more boards. <laughs> <laughs> nice. New boards to play around with. So what are you riding nowadays? What, what's your what's your go-to stick? I always see you on that, like, fade blue. It's a, it's a 9-1-RC, mm-hmm. but it's actually... It was it's a takeoff or a replica of a Donald Takayama, mm. and it's not a traditional nose rider. It was a Donald Takayama that was built in Australia. I'll have to show it to you. I have it upstairs. Yeah, I got to check it out because it looks it looks like a kind of a blade. Like it's not a log or anything it's like not. that. It's not. It's got a real tucked in nose and mm-hmm. and it's got the, the rounded pin tail. Mm-hmm. And the board was originally Chip Durier's. Hmm. And uh, he went to Australia in the early 80s on a surf mission because he used to surf at Ditch. I didn't know this. When he was younger. And back then you had to wear a medallion because uh, they, they didn't really allow surfers. So only a select few were allowed to surf there. Uh, so anyway, the story goes, he went to Australia and, and, and surfed you know, the, the breaks there. And then his his wife was able to build him a board. Uh, Donald Takayama built him a hand shaped this particular board. What? Yeah. Wow. Yep. So, um, yeah. So after Chip had cancer, and uh, after he and I had cancer also. Oh no way. Yeah. Oh man, way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Surfing. <laughs> yeah. Surfing saved my life definitely. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. We, uh, I have like this whole concept surfing saves and I put two surfboards in like a cross, Ah, you know, and just for like so many reasons, I'll have to get you one of those shirts for so many reasons is, uh, it's like, uh, well, it's a salvation. Yeah. But that's, that's great news. So yeah. So Chip had this board made and he wrote it, but then as he got older, he didn't keep going with surfing. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the fire, when I lost my surfboards again, mm-hmm. uh, he gave me his surfboard nice. that he hadn't used in so long. And this board was magic. And I didn't have anything else. And uh, I remember just going to line up and just being able to catch waves. It was, it was a little thicker than I was accustomed to. And oh my God, I just love this board. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, I got to the point where what's, what's gonna happen when I break it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What like, am I going to do? What am I going to do? <laughs> so I, I gave it to Stu, Stu Foley. 
Yeah. And uh, please, could you you know replicate it? And uh, Ricky Carroll did. So that's. The and how'd you feel about the replication? That's always a good topic. It wasn't exactly. It never would be like that. Yeah. But it turned out to be just as good. Good, good, good. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that goes? Like you have a. I've tried a couple of times. Yeah. Just because I like of the building point, you know, of coming from and making minor adjustments. I don't want to do something radically different. I want to kind of see if my theories pan out. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this board with maybe less, you know, a little thinner or this board a little right. wider. And just see if everything the same works with just a little difference. So you can really figure out what you like. Right. But anyway, I've tried a few times to replicate boards exactly and it just never comes out the same. I've actually, yeah, I tried to replicate the RC that RC originally replicated. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't come out right. Oh. It was too thick. And now just, you're getting further and yeah, further like, from the original. <laughs> I really want it. Because it's one of those boards where it's like it's good in all conditions, mm -hmm. which you can kind of grab. But uh, I like the shorter boards, too. How long have you had that one RC, though? Because it's been quite a while. Oh, I've had it for, oh yeah, from, uh, let's see, so it had to be, when was the fire? 14? 14 uh, years? No, no. Oh, oh The oh, original Takayama or the original RC? No, the RC, the one that I know you to have. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good amount of time for a surfboard. Yeah, and then I got another Takayama, with, again, with the blue, but it's a nose rider, 9.6. Mm -hmm. So I ride that too. So it might look like the same board. Um, maybe. No, I think I know the difference. Yeah. Hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the other day I rode uh, like a, a seven, what is it? Seven four, I think it is. Little board. Oh, yeah, that is, I've, I don't really see you on a little, how did you feel? Oh, I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the same day with Mike. He didn't have his boards out here. So I said, well, why don't you use my RC and I ride the seven yeah, and four. you just took the little. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I wound up getting over the Dickies and uh, catching some lefts there. Oh, nice. They were, it was fun. That's great. Yeah, that's kind of like my go-to length, at least area for just kind of all-arounder, 7.6. Oh, right. I love that length. Right. I'm so into it. It's For me, it's like a brand new discovery in surfing because I spent so much time riding shortboards. Uh -huh. You know, I was one of those groms where if you're on anything older than, I mean, uh, over six feet, mm -hmm. you know, you're you're not cool or whatever. I was worried about, you know, yep. Yep. until finally I'd try one of these boards out and start getting used to it. And all of a sudden it changes everything. Like a perfect little two foot day looks like the most fun thing ever in the world. Right. You know, and, and I never would have felt that way about those waves. Right. So I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I'm still discovering it almost. I see that you you do ride a shorter board, yeah. Yeah, like my yeah my longboard is is still pretty short. Right. Like, I mean, it's I wouldn't consider it a longboard, but yeah. um, it's my longboard. You know, right. seven six is is pretty damn big. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the shorter. Well, when there's no people around, then I like riding it. Otherwise, it's just so competitive. Yeah. You have to if you're in a longboard area. You gotta you gotta ride a longboard. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. But you you do very well with the shorter board. In yeah, a but it's board, still. But I would say I'm in the longboard. Yeah, I can't ride a proper shortboard right. surrounded by longboarders. Right. I'll I'll pull my hair out. It drives right. me crazy. See, you know, it's just you need that glide. And seven six is where I start getting into that like nice glidey effect. You know, and as long as I have that, as long as I can kind of be on the water and glide, I can compete with longboards. You right. know, but on a shortboard where you have to like really grovel and dig. I mean, of course, if it's not really great shortboarding waves. Right. But if it's like something, the kind of wave that longboarders can ride too, then I'm just like, whatever. I'm over right. it. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I just also I know that your uh, your stepson teaches surfing. Do you, can you tell me a little bit about him and what's the name of his school? Oh, he uh, it's just just his name. What's his name? Shane Stedman. And and that's in uh, in Hawaii, Kauai. Yeah, in Kauai. Cool. Yeah, I have to I have to check him out because I remember you telling me about him. I wanted to go look him up, and then I I totally forgot, and I I forgot his name. Yeah, S T E D M A N. All right, gotta yeah. check it. Yeah, again, if you're in Hawaii, he, and he's from <laughs> here, East Hampton. When yeah. did he move to Hawaii? When he was uh, sixteen. Oh wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have you ever gone over to visit and and see? Yeah, I've been there a couple times. All right, and that makes me think of like big waves and stuff. You got any big I wave stories? No. Are you, no. I didn't really hit it with big big waves. No. Did you always just were you the kind of person that could see from the beach right away? Like, nope, that's too big for me. I can't. I didn't. I haven't really run into that. Yeah. Yeah. The, for the window of time I was there, uh, it oh, wasn't really? that big. Well, what about just in any big wave case? There has to be a day where you got to the beach and you're like, "Whoa, the waves are big. I'm borderline. I'm not going out." Or maybe, I, I, you know, maybe I should give it a shot. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, yes. Yeah, the term I use is it's not for me. Yeah. Generally, I mean, we get big hurricane swells, but you gotta. They're overrated here. I mm. think you know. I, you're I, all hyped up and. Couldn't agree more. You know, the wind's got to be right, and the swell's there. So I, tedious, and the window's so small. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had good sessions of Block Island, you know, on the on the west and, and the east side with those big swells. But mm. for the most part, they're overrated. But yeah, big surf, I don't know. Like I, I go and big surf, but not anything like Hawaii surf. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, it's something like... I had two cartons there for Core Jack. Okay. We brought them by yesterday when I had a breakdown. You guys were closed by the time I got back in. Okay. They on the pallet there, Joe? What's up? On the pallet? Yeah, on the pallet. All right. Thanks. Yep. Um, yeah, and so I feel like everyone has a story about a big wave situation, though, where you got caught out when the surf was building or perhaps underestimated how big it was from the beach and get yourself halfway out before you realize like, oh, I don't want to be out here. Has that ever happened to you? No. Whoa. No. I can't, Lucky. I can't say that. I mean, my worst experiences are always coming in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so trying to, what, like not getting a wave in and trying to paddle in? Yeah, well, getting a wave in and getting caught on the inside and not being able to get out of the water is like, that turtle area for me is... In between Alamo and Turtles, mm-hmm. like right on the beach, right on that ledge. You know how it just drops there. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. I've had, I've gotten washed up there a couple times. Crazy, but being outside and bigger stuff doesn't really. Well, you are lucky, man. That's awesome. I haven't really gotten slammed that bad, which you know, I just turn and go in. Yeah, yeah. Hang well. on to your board and, and uh, head mm-hmm. in, you know, around here. Maybe I'm just a fool because I've gotten myself in, I, especially when I was a kid, you know, mm. and just being a little over eager about paddling out and then only finding out how much bigger it really was right. after getting out there. Right. <laughs> but, well, maybe I'm just too cautious. I mean, around here, generally when it's big, it's all going to be out east. Mm. It's all with the points, you know, so there's usually a channel yeah yeah that you can you approach can, it cautiously. You can s- safely get out mm-hmm. in and then safely get in mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i think probably i'm more cautious yeah well that's that's a really good 
actually kind of point to make about just the style of surfing you can have. You know, having that like very calculated style and good wave selection, you know, and and not getting too anxious while you're out there about what wave you choose. And it just goes to show, you know, like, you you know, you stay out of so many hairy situations if you're a little bit more cautious, a little more calculated about your decisions, you know, and picking off the right waves and paddling out in lineups with channels and for example. Yeah, well, the older you get, maybe the smarter you get. Yeah, that's well, probably uh, true. <laughs> yeah, when you, with the point breaks, obviously it depends on which point it is. I mean, airbase is a big field with a few peaks on it, mm. turtles. You know, there's like three peaks. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, the Hopman's area, yeah, there's a couple of peaks down the line. Yeah. Usually when it's big, it's a long period swell. So there's plenty of time in between the bigger sets. Mm. So if you do get in trouble, you know, you can get in pretty easy. Right, right, right. But again, I I haven't been to Hawaii to yeah. see that kind of madness. Yeah, you've never yet. been for a big northwest swell, huh? No. I mean, it was maybe double overhead when I was there, you know, at the bay. Mm -hmm. And uh, Laird Hamilton was doing um stand-up power <laughs> no with the foil oh oh yeah that was really cool to watch wow that, yeah that was a couple of years ago what do you think about that that's a good talking point i yeah. mean i'm just a little nervous because it looks like a blade on the bottom of the surfboard yeah it could it has the potential to be very uh, dangerous yeah, yeah like the most out of control suddenly wipeouts i've ever seen you yeah. know like someone's cruising along all fine and dandy Next thing you know, they're taking the most aggressive like nosedive, and then somehow the thing finds a way to flip up in the air around. Just I don't know. I haven't Looks really fun, but sketchy. Surfed a lot with it, you know. Like that was probably my only time. Uh, Did you, you got to try? No, I've never done it. Oh no, oh. no. I know Chuck does. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. He does. Yeah. Yes, I'm surprised actually by that. But. Yeah, and again, that's well, he lives in Hawaii, so I, you know, right in the winter. But Chuck does uh, stand-up also. He's really good. Yeah, I guess he's just accustomed to that kind of equipment. Yeah. But man, I, I just, it looks so teeter-tottery, you know? Yeah. I'm really interested by it. And, and Have also, you tried it? No. Yeah, yeah no. maybe you should. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I'm that, a little scared, though. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole stand-up thing is definitely something that's changed around here, too. Uh, yeah. There's a lot more of those guys doing that. And, yeah. and some of them, I, you know, some of those guys are, are good and I can surf with them. Some of them are, are not that uh, respectful yeah. of, um, you know, kind of lineup, you might say. So you mentioned something, you had two surfboards and a cross for a surfing save. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that? Like, so like a longboard standing and then a shortboard across oh, it to okay. make a cross. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Like kind of like a, a uh, um, you know, like a symbolic you know, salvation symbol yeah. with surfboard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely got me back going. Yeah, that I got one for you for sure. I, I got to pull it out somewhere in a box. <laughs> I remember, yeah, that like after going through uh, the surgeries and the chemo and everything, that was my goal was to get back, back surfing. Yeah, wow. Do you mind if I ask more about that? No, no, not at all. When did that all happen? It happened uh, in 2005. I, I got diagnosed. And did it take you out of surfing for temporarily? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I had uh, 
the cancer had attacked my spine in between my neck and my shoulder blades. Wow, vital surfing like, yeah, area like of these, your body. The spot, yeah. Wow. So they had to uh, do surgery on that. They had to scrape the cancer out. It actually, a vertebrae had collapsed. Oh, wow. And uh, they had to scrape the cancer out and then support it with metal uh, rods and, and bolts and screws to fuse it together. Painful, to say the least. Can't imagine. Yeah. It's and incredible then, what they can do, though. Oh, yeah, it saved my life. Wow. Then I did the chemo routine in six, 2006, and radiation. And then it wasn't until a couple of years later I was able, no, it was maybe seven that I got back in the water. Wow, so now, so. F and I still had the hardware in my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you feel it? Can you feel oh, it? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and a good friend of mine, Tugboat John, for some reason I got off work and it was a big hurricane swell and we were up at Gavin's jetties and um, he had boards in the back of his truck. I think I had been swimming at that point. So he said, come on, chef, let's go for a paddle. You can do it. And so I grabbed, grabbed one of his boards and we went right out here at the jetty and I caught a right and I stood up and, and I just kept going. Awesome. Wow, so that was your second break yeah. in your like career of surfing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so surfing definitely really, that was my goal to rehabilitate myself and survive and, mm -hmm. and get back surfing. Wow. Yeah. So that was like your, your like shining light at the end of the tunnel that you just kept totally. looking at. Totally. Just like staring at the surfing, 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 going to come back. That was it. Wow. And I didn't even go to the beach. I, I couldn't I, at that point in my life. I, couldn't do it. Wow. Until, you know, I couldn't even look at the waves. What was it like when you did come back? Oh, a great, just a great appreciation for the magic. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, all the people, my wife, my family, get me back to where I wanted to be. I can totally see that in your surfing and your style because so like in full disclosure, one of the things that I always question about especially older surfers is how do you keep the stoke alive? Mm. You know, especially, especially us around here where it's not always easy to get stoked, you know? It's, it's either freezing cold or just small and weak and gutless. Mm. You know, it's pretty easy to get spoiled and let day after day go by where you're like, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, it's not good enough. Oh, it's not good enough. Uh -huh. Whereas you are out there in so many conditions that I mean, I'm teaching in because I'm working with beginners and I'm like, come on, we got to go surf. It's the only way to practice, you know, but like when the other people, I'm like, what are you guys doing out here? You know, like you guys are good surfers, you know? <laughs> but like you're out there surfing and, and finding your little waves. And I mean, there's been some days where it really was not good at all. And you just find your little waves and more than your ability to perform in those conditions. I was more impressed by just the stoke, just right. like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do my little routine. I came here, I checked the waves, it's dawn, I'm just gonna go out there. Like, less of a question of how good the waves are and more so just, there's waves, there's something to do, it's, it's a beautiful morning, let I, me go get I it. I just say, just go for a paddle and the waves are a bonus. Yeah, all right. That's it. That's, that's the quote right there. <laughs> go for a paddle and a wave's a bonus. That's it, the waves That's are a great a way to, to think of it. And because, again, you know, I'm always encouraging people, whether they're with me or not, go surf. You have to practice. Well, that's the whole thing about surfing. You, you have, no matter what you do, I mean, I, 
I run and I swim and I bike and try and stretch and whatever I can do to stay in surf shape because mm -hmm. we don't get to surf all the time. But the best to be able to surf, you need to surf right. in anything. Right. And uh, surfing in the not so good conditions prepares you for when it's rocking. Mm -hmm. And you better be ready because, I mean, Montauk will turn on and, and really turn into a world class wave at times. Mm -hmm. And you better be, if you want to be ready for it, it's up to you. Right, right. I mean, I really want to be ready for when it's rocking. Totally. And I want to be in shape. I want to be able to stay in th three hours mm -hmm. and surf. Especially if it's only a three-hour window. window. You're like, I got to surf the whole thing through. We can't yeah. afford a break. Yeah. Oh, man, there you heard it from the legend himself. <laughs> you got to surf all the days if you want to surf the good days. And it's just so true. Yeah. You know who's been surfing when you're out there on a good day and you see who's, like, looking comfortable and, you know, well acclimated and other people who are struggling and, like, you know, like there's just subtle differences that really show the who's been surfing and staying in their surfing form. Uh, don't you think? I mean, yeah. If it's, I mean, like you said, it's passion and you know that you see the older guys around and even the younger kids. The winter surfers are the people that are men and women that are dedicated. And we all know who we are. We're the winter warriors. Mm. That was a great place to close it up. Man, all these people out there listening, if you're not subscribed to the KookCast, they're kooking it. <laughs> the KookCats. <laughs> Is that the name of this? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell you the name of the show you're on. <laughs> Perfect. Paul, thanks so much for uh, sitting down and just chatting with me and having you in this place. It's a nice, cozy little place to record. And yep. Man, I love, I mean, I really, especially the people that I surf around a lot, I love getting to know them a little more especially with everybody that's tuning in too you know it's just nice to hear the background and what's going on behind that surfer or this surfer you know especially the ones that intrigue me like yourself right but yeah. uh yeah thanks again you're welcome chris hey everyone before you go quick reminder coach ev and myself will be working with new students in southern california this december right through the holidays uh, it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to meeting some of you. Um, yeah, you can get that whole process started by filling out an application on our website. Just head to the About page, click that button, fill in the details, and uh, get the ball rolling. In the spring, we got a dinner coming up. Little by little, slowly but surely, we're sorting out the details. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. We're going to make it kind of like our surfer family style dinners where we're all just kind of chilling and cooking up some good food and, you know, just talking about surfing. But uh, I think we're going to have something special planned for this one and make it really good. I got all this video content of us and our surf, our clients surfing, so we can use that. And I don't know, we'll come up with a topic. Don't you worry about that part. You just worry about knowing when it's going to happen and where. And you can do that by getting on the email list. So uh, head on over to the website, sign yourself up, and you'll be the first to know. Catch you next week. Yee